The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when grown upon the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Father's Day again to everyone. Um, on this Father's Day, the Gospel reading is uh, from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, where we hear a couple of very short parables uh, spoken by Jesus, uh, the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed, and then a, a sentence that Mark uh, adds to sort of summarize them. And this is what Mark says. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them. He did not speak to them except in parables. So, it will not surprise you that the topic for today's sermon is? Yes. You're very quick. <laughs> so I want to say a couple of broad things about parables, and then uh, really just one broad comment about the two parables uh, that Jesus teaches. We've talked about some of this before, but because the parable was the particular, peculiar way that Jesus taught, I think it's important for us to be reminded of this uh, periodically. So I want to start really broad with simply the, the, the meaning of the word itself, parable, which is instructive. The word parable, the English word parable, comes from two Greek words, parabole, which means simply to place alongside or to throw beside. And the point is uh, that in the parable, not always, but usually what Jesus is doing is taking something that is familiar uh, in today's parable, seeds or growing things or food or kings or servants, things that people would have been familiar with, and he places it alongside something that he is trying to explain to people that is less familiar. And by the way, today's parables, the two short parables in this chapter of Mark, are great examples of this. The first one, we're told Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is as if. Other translations, the kingdom of God is like. Again, a comparison. The next parable, he says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? So again, the whole 
point of these parables is to take something that is familiar and place it alongside something that is unfamiliar. Now, why does Jesus use this particular form of, of teaching? And I want to submit to you because he so desperately, so deeply wants us to understand the thing he has come to teach about, the thing that his entire life points to, namely the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which is we live in this sort of fallen, broken, bent, sinful world, and the kingdom of heaven, therefore, is a foreign land. It is unusual. It is unfamiliar to us. And Jesus is trying through these parables to get, give us a glimpse of this place, which is important to note, by the way, not simply the place that we Christians believe we're going to go when we die, but Jesus is trying to remind us that it is a present reality that God is with us even now, which is hard for us to comprehend. And in this lifetime, we only ever get glimpses of it. But that's the reason Jesus tells these parables. He's trying to help to give us those glimpses. And it's hard. It is difficult. And it is fraught, actually, with danger. Uh, the following points will maybe help to reinforce this. Forget about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, which is the topic of Jesus's uh, parables. Uh, imagine, if you will, and by the way, let's just imagine that there's no Google, no computers, no YouTube, no videos that you can use for this. Imagine that you have lived your whole life in an area with certain geographic uh, features. Uh, or climatic features, climactic, climatic, whatever it is. Anyway, so I'm going to suggest three. Mountains, the ocean, and snow. And imagine that you are trying to explain those features to someone who has never seen them, never experienced them, uh, has no idea what you're talking about. And all you can do is use language and words. Would you concede that that would be difficult? Feel free to nod your heads. Mountains, for example. I mean, what are you going to say? Well, they're, you can't say they're like big hills because the person, let's assume, has only seen flatland. So you say, well, it's sort of like, you know, a bunch of rocks piled really high into the sky. And it's beautiful. And immediately they're thinking, that doesn't sound beautiful. That sounds scary because it sounds like they're going to fall on top of me. I don't understand what you're saying. Or the ocean. Well, you know, the ocean is so vast. It's almost like the sky, only it's water. And they're like, that sounds kind of scary to me, too. How does it stop? How does it know where to end? Isn't it going to overwhelm me with, uh, with, by, by consuming me? I asked Valerie last hour if they have snow in Haiti, and I believe your response was, <laughs> oh, oh, no. So imagine trying to explain snow to someone who's never experienced it. Well, it's this really beautiful light stuff that falls in flakes from the sky, and then when it goes in the ground, it becomes very heavy and all connected, and you can pick it up and make little snowballs. I mean, that sort of gets at it, but then, you know, maybe they go in a different direction. They think, well, so that means it must be sticky, huh? Well, kind of, but not really. This points to a really, really important fact about the parables, right? Jesus is trying to point us to another land, uh, but the parables are not formulas. They are not equations. They are not black and white. They are not, when someone says, well, what, does the, what is the meaning 
of this parable, it's, it's sort of a non-starter. The meaning of the parable is to point us to the kingdom of God, which we are not currently in. So there's not an answer to the parable as much as there is, hopefully, at its best, the parables disclose some truth about that kingdom. But the danger is that the parables have the potential to send us down the wrong path if we take parts of them to, uh, I don't know, literally or something. Does that make any sense at all? Again, feel free to nod your heads. All right. So again, it's sort of a cautionary tale. The parables are, are told by Jesus because he loves us and because he wants to point us to God's love, and it's hard to do that, and so he attempts to through the parables, but... Uh, it, it, it has the potential to be dangerous because it can send us down the wrong paths. Now, having said all of that, let's look at the parables for today. And I am not going to tell you what the meaning is, although I, I want to be quick to say it's not as if these parables have infinite meanings, right? Uh, but again, they sort of, they can be unpacked. They're evocative or provocative. They sort of point us to certain themes. And there's more than one theme we could lift up. But today, with both of these, both of these short parables, I want to focus on one fact about the kingdom of God and about God. Again, these are very short. The first one, the parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. Now, I want to freely concede and acknowledge farmers work really hard, and they're very smart and sophisticated about how they uh, grow things. This farmer, however, does what? He tosses some seed on the ground, and then what does he do? Basically, he goes to sleep, is what it says. He goes to sleep, he wakes up, he goes to sleep again. He does nothing to help this seed grow. And yet, what happens? The seed grows because of the, the mystery, uh, the magic, the miracle of the seed. The second one, the parable of the mustard seed, a very famous parable, and certainly, as Rachel pointed out in the children's sermon, one of the things we can take from this is a small amount of faith can have big impact, big results. But, like the first seed, part of what we take from it, or the first parable, rather, part of what we take from it is there's this seed, and it's planted in the ground. There is no one who does anything in this parable to help it grow. It simply is planted in the ground and because again of the miracle and the mystery and the magic of the seed, it turns into this bush. So in both cases, there's this sense of, of I'll call it grace, of gift, of love, which is there not through the action of anyone but because of God's love. In this world, not the kingdom of God, but in this world, we work so hard, and we strive, and we try, and we reach, and we try to acquire, and to accumulate, and to uh, get certain achievements under our belts. Why? So that we can prove to ourselves that we are worth something, or so that we can prove to others that we are worth something, that we are worth being loved. Can I get an amen to that? And folks, that's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. Today, 
on this Father's Day, we come to be reminded that you have a Father who is in heaven who loves you. Period. Full stop. Not because of anything you can do to earn that love, but simply because God loves you. Someone said once, I don't remember who it was, nothing you can do can make God love you more, and nothing you can do can make God love you less. Reflect on that for a little while, and you will begin, again, hopefully to get a glimpse of the deep, eternal, uh, miraculous love of God for you. Now at this point, and there will be maybe other times when we do this, it might be appropriate for us then to talk about, well, so what are we called to do? And again, at another time, another place perhaps, we could say, well, we're invited to receive that love or to accept that love or to embrace that love. And again, there are ways to talk about that are, that are appropriate. However, it strikes me that even that kind of language has the danger of making it feel like it's our responsibility. And I want to, again, emphasize the pure gift of God's love. As one of my favorite authors says, the utterly gratuitous love of God by which we live astonished. And so today, rather than talking about accepting or embracing or receiving that love, I want to suggest instead that as we gather here today, we rest in that love. We relax in that love. That we pray for God to help us trust that love. And when we do, we get, I think, a glimpse of that kingdom that Jesus was always talking about. And maybe, maybe, we even become living parables that help point to that same kingdom. Amen.